The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Setting the Record Straight, where various Christian Reconstructionist pastors seek to understand and dissect the issues that are plaguing the church today, from the pulpit to the pew. Hello and welcome to Setting the Record Straight, a podcast of Reconstructionist Radio. I'm Jason Garwood and I am your host for this episode. I serve as a lead pastor of Callwood Church in Cairo, Michigan. I am husband to Mary and father to three children. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out our Facebook pages and discussion groups so you can interact with us on any questions that you may have. Uh, You can also connect with me online on Facebook or Twitter, as well as by visiting my blog at jasongarwood.com. Let's begin. Chances are that if you are remotely close to some of the social media circles I'm involved with, you might have heard about what happened just a couple of weeks ago in Atlanta. My wife Mary and I were in attendance at the G3 conference along with one of my elders and his spouse. The conference was held at the Georgia International Convention Center and lasted uh, Thursday morning through Saturday at around noon. Uh, It was a great time away with my bride, and being from Michigan, honestly, it was a welcomed respite from the cold winter weather. That is for sure. The conference boasted around 2,500 attendees, and the room it was held in probably had its own zip code. Uh, Slated to speak were some of the well-known evangelical reformed juggernaut superstars that you see all over the internet. Men like Phil Johnson, D.A. Carson, Vody Bauckham, uh, Steve Lawson, Paul Washer, Tim Challies, and Dr. James White uh, were flown in to open up the scriptures. The theme of the conference was centered around the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. So fittingly, Uh, Lectures on justification by faith alone and the doctrines of grace uh, were given as expected. Um, If you've been around Reformed theology for any amount of time, nothing that was shared should have been surprising to you. Um, Not that it should be surprising. Um, Enter the controversy. To give you firsthand testimony, uh, our group arrived to the convention center Thursday morning just after 8 a.m., uh, before getting to the checkout or uh, the check-in area, uh, which was out in the lobby, we we stopped to use the restroom, and I noticed that there were a couple of pieces of literature laying on the bathroom. Now, of course, I knew right away who it belonged to because I too had some cards to drop periodically throughout the conference. Uh, seeing those cards in the restroom alerted me to the fact that my brothers and sisters in Christ, who are abolitionists, must be here too. As we headed toward the lobby, I noticed uh, two gentlemen passing out some quadfolds, some literature, and I, I somewhat recognized one of the gentlemen, so I, I took the quadfold, shook his hand, and said, thanks for being here, and I asked if they were attending the conference, and he said, no, we're, we're just uh, here ministering. Um, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something similar to that. Uh, I told him my name, and as it turned out, he and I were Facebook friends, which was why I recognized him initially. 
Um, after our brief interaction, we headed towards the check-in table in the lobby to get registered and, and go and grab a seat. Now, two things need to be said right up front. These guys were not yelling and screaming and and doing all the things associated with street preaching, contrary to the fools on the internet who can't get it right. That's not what was happening. Two, um, they were having conversations with people in a very cordial manner. Uh, there were six abolitionists, brothers and sisters in Christ, okay, keep that in mind, who were there talking with folks and distributing literature. They were quite literally provoking their fellow Christians to love and good deeds uh, by raising awareness regarding the abortion holocaust. They were not loud, uh, and they were not rude at all. Um, they were humble servants of Christ who simply wanted to spur on other Christians the first-hand testimony of, of one of the abolitionists who I spoke on the phone with later that afternoon was that they were not there to disrupt the conference. That was never their intention, um, but they planned to leave right as it started at 9 a.m. They simply wanted to be there to, to meet and talk with folks. Uh, so they were there from uh, about 7.30 a.m. To 9, to 9 a.m. when the conference started at 9. Now, having talked with those who were present... Uh, as far as the abolitionists are concerned, I, I was able to piece some things together. Um, one, I mean, they, they didn't bring signs into the building, nor did they try to get into the main session area or the exhibitor area. They simply wanted person-to-person -person contact. Uh, they were passing out tracts and so forth and, and trying to talk to their brothers and sisters in Christ about, about the Holocaust. Um, they were given permission by the staff at G3 to be there initially, but later the staff had a hard time with it because they hadn't been able to vet the literature. Um, they preferred them not to hand it out. Uh, one of the abolitionists asked the gentleman to simply take five minutes and read the very brief quadfold, but he refused. The abolitionist uh, asked him to correct anything in the literature he, if he found it wanting. He refused. Uh, they asked the gentlemen if they could at least talk to folks, their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, they gave them permission to do that. In fact, they were instructed to only give out the literature if a person asked. At this point, things heated up on the G3 end of things, and uh, they were asked to leave. The abolitionists were asked to leave. Uh, a police officer told them to leave or be arrested. And so they left, uh, but furthered their ministry out on the public sidewalks. Here comes the, the rub. While I was sitting in the main session room, Pastor Josh Bice, uh, I guess the founder of the conference, he said this, and, and I am paraphrasing, though it's admittedly fairly close to what he actually said. He uh, got up to the microphone and said, you know, on your, way, on your way in, you might have received from literature from a group who calls themselves, I think, AHA Church Repent. He didn't have the name right. He continued, there's some troubling things about them, and they were not invited, so there are some trash cans on your way out. And again, that's pretty close to what? he actually said, though admittedly I don't remember it word for word. Some people clapped after he said that, and then the conference resumed. 
The abolitionists were there Thursday and Friday and then spent Saturday downtown. They were only at the conference Thursday and Friday for a little bit of time. Uh, one bright spot of this whole thing from the abolitionist end is is that they had a great conversation, a couple of them, with Paul Washer, uh, who who said he would read the, read the material, he would show it to his pastors and elders, um, and then he, then he moved on. Uh, you can watch that video on YouTube. I was impressed with how Washer handled himself as opposed to how others chose to handle the situation. Which leads me to where I wanted to go with regard to this whole debacle. Why even bring it up? The nonsense that followed on Facebook was simply astounding. It was the equivalent of the Women's March that happened a couple of weeks ago. People are there, roaming around on Facebook, not knowing what in the world they are talking about. I heard this, I heard that. People slandering the abolitionists who were there, saying things like, well, I heard, I heard one of them stood up to preach during the conference to interrupt it. No, they didn't do that. So please stop, Mr. Paparazzi. One guy was asked to leave as he was shouting something off in the corner about redemption and the Trinity and being filled with the Holy Spirit. He had a tag on, same tag I was given as a registered paid attendee, uh, and he wasn't an abolitionist, and he wasn't talking anything about abortion. In fact, he followed up uh, after it, Paul Washer had spoke, and so he, he was doing what he was doing at that point, and I watched them. Uh, take the man out of the main session area. And it, it was during a break, so he, he didn't interrupt Washer. Uh, but, it, but it was everywhere. The nonsense was everywhere, online especially. Um, I heard this and that. Are, you know, are we Christians? That's the question I want to ask. Are, are we judging with righteous judgment, as Jesus said to do? Or are we no better than the world? The behavior of some was absolutely astounding. Uh, the only person who handled it remotely close to how it should have been handled was Paul Washer. Um, not Tony Miano, who went off on a tirade about the interruption of the public reading of Scripture, which, by the way, Tony, was that a church service you were holding online. They weren't rude to you. The lady sat it down next to you, then walked away. She didn't know you were doing public reading of Scripture to, to your online church or whatever it is. So way to treat a, your brother or sister in Christ like a mule. One person who was a speaker at the event was Dr. James White. Now, I love Dr. White. I really do. I I loved his session. Uh, he just utterly dismantled Roman Catholicism from the inside out. It was fantastic. In fact, um, I bought two of his books at the bookstore that weekend, uh, The Forgotten Trinity and The Roman Catholic Controversy. Um, I have read his books, uh, Scripture Alone, um, <clears throat> The Same-Sex Controversy, uh, and the book The Potter's Freedom, where he completely destroys Norman Geisler. Fantastic books. And so so know right up front with the, what I'm about to say. I love Dr. White, and I praise God for his ministry. And I will continue to learn from that man and continue to to um, purchase his his books and so on. But I want to... I want you to take a listen to what he said recently on the dividing line. Um, it's only a couple of minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and play that, and then we will come back. Now, the, the first day, though, so it would be the, the day after the debate, once I got 
I didn't get up the crack of dawn the next morning for some reason. Um, it's not like I was super late, but I, I did get over there later in the morning and I missed whatever happened with AHA of all human abortion. Uh, all I heard was uh, that they had not signed up to attend, but they sort of gate crashed anyways. And they were distributing their tracks of stuff to people inside, I guess, even in the uh, area where the booths were set up and stuff like that. And so they were asked to leave. Uh, you know, there were people there that had uh, were literally paying money to be able to have space, to be able to reach people. Um, and uh, they were asked to leave. Well, of course, uh, these folks have just. I'm sorry, they've just completely lost touch with reality. And even Rich got himself into how long how long were you standing out there that one time? Uh you got into a conversation at some Oh, I wouldn't say it was very long. It probably seemed a lot longer than it was. But there were there was more than one occasion too. Because yeah. it's 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 kinda like um you know when you go to Sam's Club or Costco and they you got the guy with the cart there with the food that yeah. he needs to give away and it, no 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 you well, need to I almost over. never go there so I, but I've been yeah, there once and, and he's constantly trying to call you over call you over and enticing you and the whole it was kind of like that and you have to walk by these so guys So you want to eat those tracks? <laughs> you had to walk by these guys to get yeah to the convention center and they're, we were. they're literally, you know, within an arm's reach of you where they were standing, which is which is fine. Look, we've given out plenty of tracks ourselves and know how this works. But, you know, when a guy's standing there saying, you know, you say the magic word, incrementalism, uh, and they start all going on at once, um, it kind of caught me. Well, up. you see, the funny thing is I walked by the same people and a young man tried to hand me a track and I said um, – no, thank you. He says, you're not interested. I said, not in the least. And I just kept walking. That was all there was to it. So I didn't invest any time whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Anyway. Um, so AHA got, got involved and, uh, by the end of the conference, uh, and I think, I think Rich's description was good. He said, it's, it's a movement without a leader. Dr. White, please, please, please handle this differently. I beg of you, handle this differently. I'm a pastor, and I am an abolitionist, and I know other abolitionists. It is not a movement without a leader because it's an ideology whose leader is Christ. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Being a Christian automatically means that you want to end abortion now. That's what it means. And I know you hate abortion. I know it then why not take the exhortation from your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to not take literature when you yourself said you pass out literature seems crazy to me. You treated these brothers and sisters like they were dirt on the bottom of your ginormous evangelical ministry complex shoe. And I beg of you to stop throwing rocks at your brothers and sisters in Christ and start listening to them, hearing them out. There is a way to reason together. The abolitionists I know of absolutely love your ministry and love the work you put into debating the cults and challenging Islam. But how can you comment on something you yourself said at the very beginning, and I missed whatever happened with AHA? You have taught us to be consistent with the argument, and yet you won't even hear the argument. They have completely lost touch with reality. Really? <laughs> That's your comment? 
They have lost touch with reality. The reality of 3,000 babies being murdered every day, like that reality. The entire conference was about calling the church to repent, and yet here are brothers and sisters doing the same thing, and they get tossed aside? This is the equivalent of the abolitionists of Jewish extermination, you know, Christians, showing up to a reform conference in Germany, trying to plead with their brothers and sisters about the Jewish Holocaust and, and provoke conversation and so on. And, and the conference attendees saying these things like, well, yeah, we know they're killing Jews. We, we get that. But, but you didn't pay the thousand or so bucks it cost to purchase a table, so you're going to have to leave. I just don't understand why abolitionists are treated this way. And I get it. Yeah, there are some maybe been a little bit too pushy, got lost control, got a little angry, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Come on. You know better, Dr. White, not to just paint such a broad brush. Anyway, back to what I was saying. The conference was all about getting the church to repent of stuff. Paul Washer preached twice about pastors needing to, to be actual pastors and repent of the carnality of, of what happens in most churches. That's Washer's main shtick, and I love him for it. Vody gave a tremendous session on the last day calling the church to repent of their foo-foo worship in local churches. It was a great, it was amazing. And sure enough, they criticize those who want to do Christianity alone with local church membership and so on. And many assume that's what AHA is all about. Just a loony organization with no structure and, and no, no, no all renegade leadership and yada, 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 which... It's all not true. I know many abolitionists, and they are all about their local church. So again, why all the straw man arguments from the reform world? Why does J.D. Hall continue to rant about stuff he knows nothing about? Why is it the reform megastar preachers can call the church to repentance from the microphone in front of 2,500 people, and lowly brothers and sisters in Christ try to call the church to repentance for their apathy regarding abortion, and all of a sudden they are the crazy ones, the loonies, you know, the people who hate the church and so on? Why does it have to be that way? And what about me? I'm an abolitionist. I'm a pastor. I've been to the abortion mill. I'm organizing our church members to get in the fight. What does that make me? I realize I don't get invited to speak at G3 or Ligonier or the Shepherds Conference. I'm just a nobody. But are you prepared to call me those same things? Repentance needs to happen, and it needs to start with the evangelical ministerial complex whose conference circuit writing is contributing nothing to the abortion holocaust. It's absolutely stunning to me that not a single word about abortion was mentioned at this conference from the main stage. Pastor Bice could have said, well, we didn't invite them, they're leaving, but rest assured that, that we agree with them that abortion must amend, uh, end immediately, and, and we encourage all of you to read the literature with discernment, that is all. Here's where the ultimate hypocrisy comes in. We're at a Reformed conference. One of the things that was talked about was how Rome didn't want the Bible in the hands of people. Protestants rightfully decried this and said, no, every man is a priest and he must read the Bible for himself and discern alongside the Holy Spirit. And yet what happened at this conference? The powers that be that speak from the microphone tried to control the message just like Rome. And instead of encouraging people to exercise discernment and checking things with scripture, they wielded their power and told people to throw it, a, throw it away, just like good old papal authority. The hypocrisy is astounding. All that to say, I enjoyed the conference, though listening to Steve Lawson talk about justifi justification by faith for the billionth time was challenging. 
um, the chairs really weren't that comfortable either. Now, I, I'm not sure it was entirely worth the money, but I enjoyed hearing Vody and Washer preach, and I certainly enjoyed getting away with my bride. But it's ironic, isn't it, that church celebrity Phil Johnson would do a talk on church celebrity worship. It's ironic that the celebrity preacher mindset is combated by church celebrities. The trend continues in evangelicalism. Celebrities decry the celebrity mindset, and people like James White squelch any movement on things like abolition. So much energy and money is spent on these folks trying to keep their constituents happy, and yet here we are, babies are continually slaughtered, and we can't even get the reform community to deal with it at a conference with 2,500 people. The call to repentance stands for every single person, not just the lowly servants trying to stand for justice. The call stands for the Whites and the Washers and the Johnsons and the Bauckhams. They would affirm that, no doubt. They know they aren't perfect men. But repentance bears fruit, and it's high time we see some tangible fruit come from on high. If these men would lead the way in abolition, we'd see some things change immediately. Until next time, Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Soli Deo Gloria. Thank you for listening to Setting the Record Straight. Join us on Facebook at the Reconstructionist Radio Discussion Group. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to listen to all of our podcasts and to download our free audiobooks. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.